This is NRL Boom Rookies. Welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Alongside me, as always, rebuilding till 2023. It's Mitch Doyle. Hey, everybody. And could he be the next Cameron Smith? It's Dale Roots. I hope not. Well, what? why would you not what? want to? I hope I'm not the best rugby league player ever. Is I a bold thing for a rugby league host to say. I think I might have left my run a bit late. That is true. It's fair. Yep. A lot of good points being made. But I don't feel like me playing 400 games of rugby league would be good for my body in the next 10 years. <laughs> Yeah, look, you're probably right. Yes, yeah. I just hate what he said before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really glad that we started on such a positive note, is all yep. I'll say. Yeah, good. Um, so, yes, we will be coming at you with an all-questions episode uh, right now. Obviously, if you've already listened to the episode that we dropped a couple of days ago, you'll know about the audio issues. We thought we'd rush out two podcasts for you now and work on the rest uh, for next week. Um, thank you for sticking with us through this. We don't know what's wrong. <laughs> through these troubling times. Yeah, these troubling times. It's not, not coronavirus, it's feeling us. Fucking mix up. Yeah. It is. It is good that like this is the first the first time that we've all been together, and the, the one thing that was keeping us going through this technology has decided to fuck up. Yeah, yeah. and we've yeah. had to now huddle around a laptop rather than yes. Last, last podcast in 2018, Aaron. Oh, iconic stuff. Yeah. When uh, Mitch was gallivanting around the, the Asia Pacific region. Yeah, but uh, yeah, without any further ado, let's get into the questions. Are you serious? We're going to have any questions. Over on Patreon, again, patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies, you want to get behind the boys with your wallet. First up. A good friend, Michael Gregson, he says, how long before Vlandis makes another rule change on the fly? Because, shockingly, professional rugby league coaches have adapted and are exploiting a new rule. No, see, it's the referee's fault still, somehow. Yeah, I did enjoy when they brought in, and it's unfortunate we're not doing the rules podcast, but that's we're saying we're saving that now for when we have better audio equipment again. But uh, I did find it funny before they brought the rule in, they were like, I don't listen to coaches. Coaches just exploit rules, you know, whatever. And then the rules come in and they're like, oh, my God. The coaches are exploiting the rules. Body's quicker again, guys. Right, and, the, and the coaches are doing self-interest things by trying to win games. But uh, yeah, the next the next rule that might be banning coaching. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought I'm not, I'm not against it. I'm shocked that this group of ultra competitive psychopaths is <laughs> is trying to exploit the rules in the sport where they get paid to win games. Yes, exactly right. You're really shocking. Strange. Yeah. Who could have seen this coming? Who could have seen that people who know a lot about a sport? Like, if you don't think some of these coaches were immediately, like, watching old games or, like, internationals with run ref the moment that Lanny's ruling came down, yeah. you are... Yeah, 100%. Uh, next question. Sam says, please rank the world's major sporting leagues in order of the size of the asterisks next to this year's title. MLB will be number one. Although there just won't be one. So that's... This is a tough one. I think... How have they bottled that? Oh mate, we we I ranted about them the you other did. week, so but it's, oh, so it's still it's, not coming back. Still no thing. And the the uh, Bastron is one of the most respected baseball writers in the world. Pointed out yesterday, I think that the combined worth of the owners is like fifty billion dollars, and they can't scrape one hundred and fifty million together to like get things up and running. Pathetic. Anyway, um, it's a good question. I'm not sure. So, for things like the AFL and the NRL, I don't think there's really any asterisks at all because it that they were basically only just getting started when all this happened. And I was playing like 16 minute quarters, which is weird. It yeah. is weird. So yeah, you actually, it's a good point. I didn't actually, I mean, AFL, but you know that. It's, um, uh, <laughs> That's yeah, thank you. Yeah. But um, like everyone's sort of coming from the same base and the playing field is quite level. Yeah. The only ones I can, the only one you can kind of put an asterisk against, I think is like um, in France, where they yeah. just awarded the title to the team that was coming first with yeah. a whole bunch of games. Even then, they, no, I mean, you know more about France than the rest of us. Like, they were probably going to win the title anyway, right? Yeah, and also the, the only big, the only big issues that they've had there have been that they went to a point in the game to decide like qualification and relegation and stuff, and that will go through the courts. Oh yeah, the the relegation and stuff is way more controversial yeah. than I think the really awarding titles because it affects the team so much more yeah. in the long run. Yeah. But anyway, um, and then the rest of the leagues are kind of back up and running. So I think NBA will be weird. Uh, NBA is yeah. so that was what I was getting to. So my answer will probably be the NBA purely because they're basically just changing the entire format 
of how things work. And then I would say probably second after the NBA would be the Champions League, which is basically switching to a tournament format in August. And, and so what you do know, though, you know LeBron's going to win a title this year, right? Because he gets to add another stupid thing to like, oh, he's not as good as Michael because he only won it. He got Corona Championship, you know? Yeah. Like, it doesn't count. <laughs> he got I a Rony ring. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. That's going to be crazy. That's, that's what they're going to win. But uh, the whole thing, how like I'm loving the idea of all the NBA players in a hotel. Like not all, being able to do anything. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's gonna be great. Can they get. They're gonna be staying at Disney World and not be able to go to Disney World, which is the best part about going to Disney. Being like the sa- same hotel and like sending mean tweets about each other still, <laughs> as they like to do. The NBA players in like a massive WhatsApp group, just like sending each other shit memes. So like NBA shit posts, but like it's all NBA players. I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm about it. Okay, next question. Similarly, oh, God, F. Mary Kills back. Why we, who brought this back, by the way? It's been, we're getting asked this every week. F. Mary Kill questions. But here we go. Uh, 2008, Ashton Sims. 2011, Jared Beal. Or 2015, Ben Hunt. I guess that's for me, the question is. Yes. Well, obviously, Kill is 2011, Jared Beal, because Lockyer won us that game anyway, and then that was the last time he played. Um, God. I'd have to marry Ben Hunt. Yeah. Uh, and then, and fuck Ashton Sims. The Sims one is a bad screw up, but it was earlier. And I know Hunt is bad as well, but it was like extra time of a grand final. And a cha- Golden Point shouldn't have been anything in grand finals. It's not anymore now. But like. And also, know. like, Ben Hunt, he can give a ball to him. He wants to pass the carry yeah. from the next one. Be anymore. I feel like people will definitely remember Ben Hunt, obviously, and they probably remember Ashton Sims. What was the Gerard Beale thing? Made Locker in the face. Ah, yes. Ah. Yeah. Uh, and then Simo says, the three of you were stuck on a desert island. Who is the last to survive? You mean who survives the longest? Who is me, obviously. Why is that? You, we've been through this before. You said, Bungard, you probably win Survivor because you're already used to just eating grass. <laughs> Of that, you dirty vegan. Yeah, it's true. Well, it works out here. I was going to say, I'll be brushing my hair and making a rope out of it so so I can go up to the top. While my two anemic boys over here are like dead after like four hours, I'll just be chilling out eating coconuts till we get rescued. I'm extremely unresourceful as any office worker ever has been. So um, I think I might just want to die. Yeah. After like two days, you know what? This is enough. This is enough struggle for me. Yeah. I'm winning that that one in a canter. There's no reception. I can't tweet. Yeah. (laughs) What's my living why aren't my mean tweets about the other two sending? Um, Dave says, why are we bothering with the rest of the season when the Eels have already won the minor premiership grand final and world club challenge? Fair point. Uh, that, is a, that is a very interesting point. Uh, the Broncos were the last team to win the treble, I believe, in 2006. Oh, good. We get to call the playing trebles now. Like, yeah. No, we didn't come first in 20, 2006 in minor premiership. Oh, I must so. have been 90. I must have been 2000. Yeah, I, I, did a, I did a table of it. Well, I was very bored enough. Paramount did win the double back in 2004. World Sevens champions and pre-season, <laughs> and pre-season champions. They were. So, very good. South won the double in 2014. They won the grand final and the charity shield. So that's yeah. a very that impressive. Is, that is true. I don't think yeah. that playing games against reserve grade teams yeah. really count. Well, then how, why is the World Club Challenge on here? Look, I'll be oh, the, that's going to annoy yeah, some yeah. people. Well, right, we're going to buy it. Oh, good. Okay, uh, next question. Mitchell Smith. Absolutely love some of the tries scored in the Panthers v Storm game. Those two Storm tries from flat cut-up balls are especially fantastic. Describe your favourite try slash type of try. My favourite type of try is the inside-out ball to the fullback who runs back on the inside of the half or the 5-8. Yeah, I always, those ones, like when they're, when they what, it goes back in real quick. Yeah. Like, uh, like a Wade Graham bat it back in instantly. Those are great. My favourite one is like, the James Roberts run around an entire side. That's, yep. that's so, good. I know ball movement is usually more exciting, but I do just love when some some guy that's like, only like to do on like under eight field. Like when Sean Johnson, I know it happened against the Broncos. That like full field try he scored. And also when any winger just dunks on their opposite number one on one, either by trampling them like Sevo or by just like winning the ball in the air and dunking on them. Adam Blair offloading the kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, favorite type of try probably uh, winger sprints away possibly an intercept and kicks kicks the field to whoever picks it up. Yeah, oh, good. I'm a big pro as well. Again, talk about an open space like when Yao Yi turned Thurston inside out. Oh, that was yes. good. that was great. But I do like a winger kick to himself and run out and come back around. Oh, that's love, oh, love yes. the run out. Yeah. Oh, also, that time Chris Sando kicked the ball into a puddle. Yeah. <laughs> and it just stopped yeah. and re- 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 game management, weather management. He kicked <laughs> the shit out of that ball and it just stopped. It was great. 
I do like um I like the Tiggy intercept as well from someone who shouldn't be intercepting the ball. Like the Luke Lewis one. Luke Lewis is a classic. Some of those random ones when a uh, half just Bob McCarthy, the- ever heard of him? Yeah. Or random ones when a half just taps the ball up and they like jog thirty meters. I like those ones too. Uh, okay, next question, Warwick Ahern. First Ben Teo, now Isaac Luke. Which twenty fourteen grand final wing Rabido will be next to sign at Red Hill? Well we only signed That's... one of those because the other Does one didn't win the grand final. Did you oh. Did he know when he asked this, or is he? Is, I don't think he's trying to hurt me, but he's hurt me. Warwick, Isaac Luke did not play in the grand final. Happy Coruscant was the like signing Nathan Merritt, but he didn't play in that game. But uh, I take Happy Coruscant for that was a thing. I read this list of questions and I was dreading this moment because I'm like, this smug prick is just going to bring up Nathan Merritt. I'm just going to sit here. And well, I have, so, have like no wins at the moment. Yeah. I have to take some small. Ones. Well, I'm happy for you. Uh, Warwick's next question plot twist instead of Brown being next to the Warriors they go after Flanagan with Brown taking the reins at, Mary, at St George where Mary eventually gets sacked that's no. a much better question no <laughs> um, yeah someone's going to go after Flanagan now surely or if the Dragons aren't doing that already but I don't think Brown the dra- Brown has a single chance of going back to the Dragons no, I agree with that I hope he hates yeah. I mean he literally slapped someone there it's not happening he did the only one to go back there, like the only coach I'll bring back is Wayne if that if that happens. Anyway, I agree yeah. with that. Paddy Lawrence says at the end of their careers, he'll go go down as the better of the Morris brothers. I think it's Brett, and I don't think it's that close either. I agree. Yeah. I think Josh might have had some better seasons, and he's been playing really well right now. But Brett was, you know, he might be the best winger of the last twenty years. You know, and yeah. he was more of a walk. He was a walk up start for in the Kangaroos for a long time there yeah. too. And Josh hasn't been. And again, like I'm not saying. It's- these one, two extra premiers. Yeah, they've both so, been resold by clubs, but Josh was resold way before Brett by the Dragons. And the first point they chose Brett over him too, and I think yeah, as you said, one's won more premierships. Yeah. I don't think it's particularly close. Yeah. And Brett's got eighteen caps for Australia. And Josh does not have eighteen. I don't know how many he's got. To um, I'll, I'll pull it up. Yeah, uh, he's got um six. So I'm actually surprised there's that many. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, both great players, both legends of the game, but I think Brett, as you said, is the second best winger after Nathan Merritt of the last twenty years. <laughs> so. Somehow, like we, like I still would say that they're underrated. Yeah. Yes. Like I know they're both great finishers and they're obviously legends of the game over the last two decades, but like weirdly, no, I, I don't think. Yeah, I, I don't think because they if get you them. ask the average person like who's the best winger, who's the best winger, they'd say Wendell Saylor, or they'd say Lottie Takira, they'd say Israel Folau. Or they'd say Nathan Merritt, but be wrong at all. In yeah, I was going to say. No. But, no, but seriously, like they would say, like someone probably like Wendell or Israel Folau or someone. Brett probably wouldn't be the first name that comes to mind yeah. for a lot of people, and he might well be the right answer. So, mm. and Dell did a lot of good work. Yes, Dell did a lot of good work before 2000 as well. Yeah, and Roland Edwards says you don't play in the grand final. And you still be considered a premature waiter player. There we go. Have, you, yeah. have these people colluded against me? <laughs> I like the people are fighting back. Yeah. <laughs> and so I mean, where's the guy? Against me. Yes. The nicest person yes, on this side. Yes, it's about oh, time. All right. All right. He, wants to, he wants to kill me and Dale on an island. So I'm happy that it's coming. In fairness, kill in fairness he's not going to be killing me. Yeah, I think... I, I'm not just saying this because of Isaac Luke and Nathan Merritt, but yes, I think like absolutely. Like it's it's no different to being like a World Cup winner. If you're a part of like or a premiership winner in England, like winning the Premier League and stuff, if you're there and you're playing and you're part of a squad, yes, you you helped more win than the ha- more than half the games. That's yeah. It. yeah. Like Isaac Luke was the, probably what, the third best player on the Rabbitohs in twenty fourteen? Yes. Behind Greg Inglis and Sam Burgess. He's already the best player on the twenty twenty four. There you go, exactly <laughs> right. And the only reason he wasn't playing in the grand finals because um he got suspended. You're saying we give one to Luke, not Merritt. No, Nathan Merritt was also not, a very important part of that squad that year. He played a lot of games. He filled he filled in very admirably. Where, with where, okay, let's. Uh, I've, got, I've got a new rule for you. You have to be there on Grand Final day. All right. Now, where was Nathan Merritt on Grand Final day? Playing crew knockout because he was <laughs> upset. There you go. So Luke in Merritt. No, I do not endorse that. Uh, Mitchell Smith says, "Do the Tigers keep the right halfback?" So obviously, he's talking Luke Brooks versus Mitch Moses. Mm. Okay, Moses is probably playing better than the Brooks now, but for me, they had to get rid of Mitch Moses. He yeah. was a tosser at that club. Like, yeah. he, I think he needed a bit of an attitude adjustment and not being the king shooter at a, at a club. I think he had to go. And I, I don't. They'll never, never be happy to let Tedesco go, but letting go of Woods and Moses on the whole was, was the right decision at that club. And at that point, no one even seemed to want Luke Brooks. And also, like Tedesco going to the Roosters, like. With no disrespect to Wests, I don't think this is a controversial statement, but like he's a better player than they can they could hope 
team. Whereas at least with Moses, if he had have had that attitude there, he's that he was the kind of player who could have played, you know, two two fifty games yeah. for them. Like I don't think the step from West Tigers it, when he left uh, to Parramatta was such a big leap. Yeah, and uh, and Brooks Brooks has been good, and he's still he's yeah. one of the, you know again we hate to say underrated, but he's you know he's not really appreciated how good of a halfback he is at at the Tigers now. There's not many great halfbacks going around, but. He'd be in the, the top echelon of ones I want at my club if I had to pick yeah. the current NRL half. But it's hard to be the double suited Yeah. I mean, even then, like, they win on the weekend. It's just, just not like, oh, I mean, Harry Grant's getting all the praise and probably deserves it. Yeah. But Brooks has been, been good on, on the whole. Anyway, next question. Manny P says, what if instead of a player draft, we have a coach draft? Hold it every three years. Coaches signed to three-year deals to give them, a, them time to fix the roster. Two rounds head coach and an assistant. Um, well, currently, I'm very pro-coach draft, <laughs> <laughs> unsurprisingly. Yeah. But I, I would not be shocked at that because Darcy's have now given up on his player draft all of a sudden once he's probably had a more of a think about it. That would be the next idea. Say you stop the coaches from manipulating the rules. If you just move them around every three weeks. <laughs> New team. Three weeks. Every three weeks. But no, no, uh, no coach draft is going gonna, is gonna to solve the Dragons for you, Matty. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, Maddie again. I mean, no coach. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, Maddie says again, your partner comes to you with some important health news. Would you rather be that they have they're pregnant or that they have the Rona? Oh, have the Rona. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's, <laughs> well, 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 there's, there's an easy way out of one of them. And one of them is... So I thought that was going to get really controversial. <laughs> roots all, all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. pro choice, you know. Pro, yeah, pro, pro choice. Pro Rona yeah. choice. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, one of us doesn't want kids. The other two are pretty far away from yes. kids. A long way away. The right of, I'm the legally past. a long way away from kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe again, your club gets the opportunity to take on Tamalolo and his current deal is to take on Paul Green as a coach for the duration of the deal. Do you do it? No. no. That's, a, that's a more desperate man over there, yes. Dale. But like, no, even with Tamalolo, they're not, they're, like, they're not winning enough. And a good a good roster. And it's like, like eight more years or seven more years of Paul Green. No, thank you. Yeah. Matty next. Is Matt Dufty showing up sh- showing up against the Sharks and Titans and making people forget he's a fringe first grader at best, the same as someone rearranging furniture and hiding equipment at their friend's house so the real estate agent doesn't notice a meth lab when they do a routine inspection? He has effectively just planted tomato trees around the weed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's oregano. It's, yeah, it's a tomato. He's a first grade footballer. What's the problem? <laughs> What a shock. The Canberra man knows all about marijuana <laughs> agriculture. Uh, yeah, you look, don't plant it in water. It's not illegal. It's fine. Is that true? No. Of course not. You can have a plant. Of course that's yeah, right. Yeah. You can have it anywhere. But, yeah, yeah. It's, he's one of those ones. We spoke about this on our, a previous podcast. I'd be like, Matt Dufty, it's got to be more than like two games for me to believe it's a thing mm-hmm. again. He's had two good games of war. It's good to see him play his best couple of games in a long time. I want to see everyone do well. So keep playing well, yeah, Matt Dufty. Keep yeah. going well. Uh Ravi G, how many more times will a coach have to come in and transform an underperforming team into a contender before certain rugby league fans accept that coaching does, in fact, make a huge difference to play performance? I mean, Manly. It's yeah. always, and obviously, Knights, exactly. Manly and Newcastle in the last few years, that's all you have to look at. Trent Brown had the exact same roster that Des has, and they were 15th. Nathan Brown had largely the same roster that Adam O'Brien has, and they were a joke for several years. Like, yes, coaching matters. Of course it matters. And yes. for a lot of people, they just don't. They either are far too willing to um, they're far too willing to accept bad coaching. I think that that's certainly the case with especially Dean Pay at, at the moment. I think people are making far too many excuses for him, or they think that making a change for any reason is is premature. And I realise that we just spent half an hour talking about how Stephen Kearney shouldn't have been fired, but yeah, um, there's just there's there's a lot of people out there who are happy for their team to just go through the motions with the same guy and think that things will come good if they sign some new players. But that's just not how it works. There's a reason why there's a reason why the same teams have been successful the past few years and it's yeah. because of the coaches. I mean, I think you know Harvey himself was a Newcastle fan. Probably went to that period there yeah. when he backed Brownie. But I think that's a lot of the parochialism of, of Newcastle's that they took Brownie getting attacked as Newcastle being attacked yes. at the first, at the start there, and they and they all fought back. And it's like, no, he's just garbage. Like. Players, yes, players, as a professional athlete, part of it's your part of your job, obviously, to turn up every week and put in the best you can and similar, but it's the coach's job to set you up for success. And it's like, again, again no coincidence that so many times teams can just change a coach and all of a sudden the team is better over after one off-season. Like, you just even look at it on Thursday night when 
when the the Knights put a put a score on on the on the Broncos, didn't play particularly well, but they're up twelve nil, and Adam O'Brien threw a bottle on the yeah. ground. And after the game, was so he got asked, he asked why he could throw the bottle, and he said, "Well, our boys were looking for an easy way out. You know, we were trying to do it too easy. We thought we could just you know have our way and pass the ball around this team. And it's like, no, my team, you've got to earn it. You've got to earn the right to play like that. You want to go back up the gut, smash them with our forwards, and play good football. And he wasn't happy with how they played." That's a good coach, but that's what he yeah. happens. Meanwhile, the other side of that coin is the other coaches made excuses every loss the last four weeks. Whenever they played well, it's always an excuse. And that's like good coaching. It's obvious it made a difference at the Knights. Yeah. Obvious made a difference at Manly and will other clubs. And it's people deflecting at Brisbane, for example, a Paul White and Carl Morrison similar are now putting the blame on the players as if it isn't the roster they put there. But it's it's the bloody coaching. Yeah. You watch that team. It's like, oh, it's obvious well, they're not you, buying into what the coach is you, putting in. Do people not think that if Craig Bellamy or Trent Robinson had lobbed up at the Titans at the start of 2019, that team would be good now? Because I do. Yeah. He'd find a way to make it work. Ash Taylor would be playing better. Yeah. Their forwards would be working harder. Like, things would be better. They just would be. 100%. Like, what are we doing here? Like, the, the Roosters went to appear before Robinson got there and being also rans or failures for a long time with all the facilities they had. You know, the Broncos right now could be probably comparable to the Roosters before Robinson, like, Lots of talent, but not putting it together. Robinson goes there first year, wins the one premiership and the comp. He had the one bad season, which is true, but it's take, obvious. You coaching. take that, but by he's the getting way. a team to turn up every year. People just think, "Oh, good team that is winning." It's like it's actually an achievement to make a team turn up every year. And Robinson does that. Yep. I don't know. Uh, anytime a fan is automatically blamed, like yes, players are partly responsible. Everybody is, but like the massive cop out. Like well, I'm watching it now, Broncos fans blaming or well, the coaches are now and they're dropping the ball or giving away the dumb penalties. It's like, well, yeah, but. This same roster of players wasn't filthily un- undisciplined two years ago either. What changed? Players didn't just change. I mean, some of them did, obviously, but it's like you're watching guys like Payne Guy Lodge being absolute morons. It's it wasn't not like a video game. Ago. Like People aren't robots. We talked about the human aspect of Stephen Kearney being fired yeah. just, like, just an hour or so ago. Like The players crying and acting like someone had died. People make connections with those around. I mean, you talked about how uh, every player that Wayne Bennett's ever coached loves him because he'll go to war for them and he inspires yeah. people yeah. to be better. Maybe some coaches don't do that. Yeah, and, and it's all the thing. a lot of it you see, not in the wins, but in the defeats. Like, because teams will win games, and the Broncos will win games this year when they play well and they come together. That'll still happen. But in the defeats, when you see a team give up and not give a shit, you know, it looks like they give it, don't give a shit. That's where you see with the belief in they having that system. And the Newcastle team under Brownie did that so many times over the last couple of years. And so that Manly team before, Dez, that Manly team had games where they would put 30 points on in a flash. We also had games where they can see 20 in a flash. They just weren't brought by into the cause or committed to the cause. And, no. and you know, even I saw Daniel Saifidi speak after that game, and he spoke about how Adzi called him. Adam O'Brien got them in really good shape in preseason. They had a great preseason, and they know who they are. They know what they can get pushed through. And is he the best front row in the comp right now? Maybe. Maybe. He's, like, cool. he's right up there, and he's the you know, player that he was already named as. Looks like it, but like, he's putting the coaching in the system because he gets it. He was there, been there for both of it. He's like, oh, wow, look at this offseason. I've had actual coaching. Our team's had actual coaching. Look what happened. And it's, it's to say, people, are, I love it. People are now trying to credit Brownie for the roster. This is always going to happen, but it's like yeah. any yeah. roster is half decent. Okay. Yeah. There's talent, all the rosters. And this is why, this is why I just don't think there's any point in the Dragons or the Warriors making a change now because that preseason yeah. is so important. And yeah. if you bring in a new coach and they don't get that, then yeah, you really don't know what you've got until you get them to have a full preseason with this roster, with yeah. their roster. And it's like Brisbane has all these guys in career worst forms. Oh, that has all happened at the same time, did it? That's all the players are. It's their own, they're all in the worst form because they all they all they all suck. It's somehow Ben Hunt's fault. Yeah, or could be. Hmm. Uh, well, if we ask Broncos board member Darren Lockyer, who's fault of this? <laughs> well, he'll tell you. <laughs> he'll tell you. Okay, next question. Good question, Harvey. Gavin Bannerman. In honor of Shook One's part two's 25th year anniversary, which commentator will exclaim he's only 19, but his mind is old? I mean, was that not said about Nathan Cleary for about seven years? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, haven't they said that about Payne Hart? Yeah, well, twenty now. Yeah. He's, he's aged, but like, it would have been great. I don't think any uh, any of the commentators made it up with pop culture enough to actually say no. that in a in a in a good tongue and cheek way this week. No, but they do love saying that about any young head that seems to understand that like a few things of the game, basics of the game, that clearly understands that hey, the ball and the touch gets a clap. <laughs> <laughs> it's good game management. Good game management. Yeah. Uh, and our last question on Patreon, Dan Cullinane says, you go to KC for the $10.30 Nuggets deal, thanks to the ongoing price war. Yeah. Get to the window and grab it, and they say, we're out of sweet and sour sauce. Yeah. Is the appropriate response to burn down the store or to burn down the whole suburb? <laughs> <laughs> I 
remember when the connecting barbecue sauce used to be fantastic, mm. and then they changed it like last year. Now it's this smoky barbecue sauce, and it's terrible. I like a smoky barbecue, but like you're not going there for that. It's no, uh, yeah. a smoky barbecue doesn't belong on a fried chicken. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a beef or a pork condiment, and that doesn't belong on fried chicken. But you have with your on on KFC, they you know. No sweet and sour sauce. You just you definitely burn the entire sauce down, yeah. and, po- and, and potentially neighbouring KFCs as well. I, I like the supercharged sauce too, but sweet and sour is the only sauce there that's worth having for nuggets. You just Actually, you refuse to leave. That's what you do. You tell them to call. Yeah. You're calling other KFCs. I'm staying here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not moving. Sorry, we'll get some. <laughs> yeah, get some. I'm not moving. The plate. Whenever you went to a place with a food court, though, is to get food from KFC, but quite the sources from McDonald's, and they are clearly superior. Well, they've changed the. I'm sorry, the sweet and sour sauce has changed. But uh, again, any sauce man knows to get Big Mac sauce. Of course, that's obviously what, which I now can't have anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was always the play. It was they put real eggs in Big Mac sauce. It's got mayo. It's literally just mayonnaise <laughs> and pickles. Mate. I was like, is it, is, are you telling me there's actual real eggs in a? In yeah, yeah, sadly. I was just rolled out a vegan one. I'm very excited to try. But, but they used to be buy Big Mac and McChicken sauce from McDonald's and go to KFC. Yes. And I, mean, I didn't know. He told me that they're $10 for 30 nuggets the other day. This must be fed. Fantastic news. Well, my birthday was Thursday. Me and Frankie did go and do a custom bucket and ordered way too much chicken, and it was great. But $10 for 30 nuggets, good. great value. Not associated with KFC people, so uh, just just get get behind the boys. Yeah. How about you go on Patreon and buy some nuggets? I can still have the fries, so that's fine. Yeah, can have a tier of nugs? Okay. Over to Twitter. You bastard. This first question. Nick Campton, Camber 37, says, how do you celebrate Hodco Day? Unfortunately, about what he calls Hodco Day, that may or may not have happened in 2014. It did happen. It may or may not have happened in 2014. Is It also is, is not only my birthday, but it's Cam Smith and Billy Slater's birthday. Oh. And it being associated with being Hodco Day now is a disgrace <laughs> to the entire country and the concept of the interstate rugby league. Would you like <laughs> us to rebrand it as Tim Clayhill scored that sick goal day? Yes, or DCE pointed at someone who wasn't there day. And we okay. can blame Cherry Evans for that. that, that. Australia were beating the Netherlands for four minutes today. Four minutes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I sell Hodco Day. I had a half a bucket. Of, I had a half a bucket of chicken with Frankie, and then abused the Broncos for two hours. Spent an hour on Twitter. My missus got angry. Called my dad. Like the usual things when Broncos lose. She, she called your dad. No, I called my watch. dad. Uh, what did I do? I was off work this week, so I went to the gym, and then I watched rugby league and ate pizza, which is what I do every Thursday. I also denied the existence of Hodco Day. That's uh, also what I did. I did not do that. <laughs> what did you do on Thursday? Like I also I also watched rugby league and ate pizza. Weird. What is with Queenslanders and denying the existence of? Human rights. Human rights. Yeah. Uh, Warwick Ahern is back. I feel like there hasn't been a food ranking in a while. Name the top three sauces. Well, that's good timing because great great sauce is dope. Yeah, if we're talking, if we're talking sort of fast food sauces. Oh, sorry, sauce. but in like just generic terms. Well, actually, no. We've got to include everything because. Mm. But I would say that McDonald's Big Mac sauce is the best fast food sauce, by followed, followed by Red Rooster sweet and sour sauce. I haven't had that in a long time. It's really good, though. Is that better than the former McDonald's sweet and sour and the current KFC sweet and sour? I believe that it is better than the McDonald's one. I'm not sure. I don't know if I've had the new KFC one. It's the current red one. Oh, well, then yes. Oh, it's pretty, they're pretty close. They're both, yeah. And then the other one that's up there for me is the Hungry Jack's plum sauce. Ooh. Hungry Jack's honey mustard also really good. Yes. So do you draw a line on a peri-peri sauce being in that discussion? Because if I, if I can throw a, a hot, hot auto peri-peri sauce yes. in there, yeah, that's I think that's fair. Yep. I don't know. I just don't know if that counts really as the, the true essence of a fast food sauce. You know, I'd let pour the mayonnaise through to the keeper, but I don't know if you can do the peri-peri. Mm. It's I the same know. kind of thing as like uh, like Nando's. Is that a fast food? Yeah, you, do you, yeah I mean, yeah, is it? Yeah. I go, I go a hot Nando's up there. Uh, so like my, I'll, go, I'll give you my top three hot sauces. Yeah. Uh, number one, Secret Aardvark out of Portland. So that you can get that online. At, uh, I think chilimojo.com.au you'll get that for you. That's my top number one. If Chili Mojo would like to get in touch and send us some goods, <laughs> feel free. Number two is a Dirty Dicks hot sauce. And I like the, the tropical one with the pineapple scent, uh, touches to it. That's also from, uh, from you can get it from Chili Mojo. And then my number three is tied between there's a, Trop- I can't remember the exact name of it now, but it's a I think it's a hummingbird and again a tropical hot sauce. And my other one is a is pain is good, which is it's Google that and it's I think it's number fifty of whatever of their brand, 
with the fat kid screaming on the on the. On I the feel like wall. googling pain is good may come up with some varied yeah. results. No, it's a famous one. But number one and two are the good ones. Uh, Secret Eye after Billy Dick. So those are the ones that my favorite options. And I will say that we can expand beyond fast food. All of the sources we've named are fine, but the best source that exists is garlic sauce from any Lebanese place. Yes. Which is just at this point, it's just garlic that's been bleeding. Yeah, a bunch of garlic. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a yeah generic sauce categories. Yeah, we're talking my favorite types of sauces would be hot sauce, a peri peri sauce, and then a garlic sauce. Chipotle Tabasco. It's a win. Very good. Okay, here we go. Next question from Pythagorean NRL. Why is Phil Gould a brilliant man with lots of well thought out practical ideas and his personal hygiene is above reproach? <laughs> Kept at arm length from the NRL when he could be ensuring the financial security of the NRL for years to come. Well, so unfortunately, he told the NRL that he was going to give them all the rules, all the, the book of how to fix the game, but he just hasn't got time to do that right now. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I know you got you can't talk about this one, Bungar, but that article, and I don't want to give it airtime anyway, the article Fielgel put out today, which had like 45 ideas for rugby league that were all contradicting each other, fantastic. Yeah. When Poochie's not on the screen, all the other players should say, where's Poochie? That's it. Was that one of them? No. But a lot of it was like cut costs, but also expand the game. But also NRL is, oh, this one. Okay. This is a thing I'll talk about out of all of it. You see, the NRL is a competition, not a brand. And it's that stupid thing. That stupid thing when he thinks clubs are bigger than the NRL. It's like, okay, I'm sorry, but all the big sports leagues in the world are a brand. Like the NBA is a brand. They wouldn't watch the NBA because the Portland Trailblazers are in it. Who are players in the NBA? You know, English Premier League is a brand. FFA Cup, sorry, FA Cup. Again, no one's watching the FA Cup because it's United versus Scunthorpe. It's because yeah. it's United versus Scunthorpe in the FA Cup. Yeah, okay? 100%. Like, NBA teams all got relocated tomorrow. People would still watch to see LeBron James and Kevin Durant. And Although yeah. Kyrie Irving did say he was uh, going to study his own league. So <laughs> if that happens, watch out. But yeah, that was that, that was a dumb comment in there saying it was a. Um, the NRL is just the competition. It's like, no, it is the brand as well. And it, I'm not going to spend too That's much time. Why they call it branding? The whole thing about cutting costs at head, headquarters too. I don't understand. Like, what cost do you want? Cost? Do you want cost? Oh, hey, cost? What's cost got to do with this? What cost do you want? Cut is like, do you want the judiciary gone? The matrimony committee gone? Do you want the integrity unit gone? Do you want the guys who make the rules gone? The football referees gone? Do you want the commercial team gone? Do you understand that like the NRL to make money, someone has to sell sponsorships, and the clubs aren't <laughs> going to do that, you dolt. I know you worked at one, but it's like the answer to the game moving forward is not to take all the money out of the NRL's pocket and put it into the clubs, and the clubs would have somehow make the game grow. Whatever. Anyway, next question. Bussy Triple Eight. How can the Tigers best encourage Cansmith to play on in 2021? Well, they need to win the competition with Harry Grant. That's the window. Yeah, no, they, <laughs> to make Smith play on, you'd want to be the team and, oh, someone just said it in response for Christ's sake. You want to knock them out of the finals. Yeah. Like, if you knock Cam out of the finals early, that might. Why he plays on it. He might play on it anyway. His yeah. form is so good. Plays Josh has nailed that. Beat them in the 5v8 semi. But, uh, yep. yeah, I mean, I, don't, I have no idea how clubs just haven't been lining up for Brandon Smith or Harry Grant, and everyone's just going to keep regretting it. I mean, Harry Grant's now shown his talents off, and teams want him now, but we'll see. It has kind of narrative around Cam uh, Smith influences the game too much and does triple a I'm <laughs> chat. I'm like, Cam Smith's the only player who appeals for offsides and forwards. That yeah. was the best thing. That, that was another God. terrible thing. Oh, yeah, unbelievably Like, yeah. Oh, he's he's bad for the game because he talks to refs. Uh, they all okay, do. they all do. All players do. Uh, yeah, go back and watch that St George Dragons game last week. St George, sorry, Sharks game, and every single Sharks penalty they received. Yeah, was they are they told they're all talking to the ref. Yeah, what a shock. Anyway, Skill Hello says this county sacking seems to be done with unnecessary haste. Lack of consultation, lack of reasonable information, and with a disregard of possible consequences. Why is Peter Landley's not getting involved in coaching appointments? Sorry, get, now getting involved in coaching appointments. Yeah, it's um, a fair point. It is a fair point. It's, it's him sick of them trying to abuse the rules of the game. Mm. That's it. And they got involved and got, got rid of that coach. <laughs> anyway, Matt Coleman from the corner over here says, Mitch and Matt work in footy and can't bet. Dale doesn't. But Dale uses the inside photo. Couldn't. Dale, Dale couldn't use the inside photo to find on sports. I'm, I'm turned dyslexic halfway through this yeah. podcast. That'd be too obvious. However, Dale speaks a bit of French. No one would expect a thing if it was coming from a French footy account. Thus, at offline underscore tips was born. Right. So that French picture that retweeted us yesterday is actually Dale. Dale. That would explain a lot. It actually would. Mm. Yeah. Giving out rugby league t- Good tips too, by the way. He's, uh, he's up money, old uh, at offload underscore tips. In the first class quarter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, West Life Pod says, seeing as our team is known for only playing well for one half, what part of your work days are most productive most days? Does there similarities to your respective NRL teams? You can't just claim you're a Roosters type of worker yeah. who goes hard every minute. I mean, nobody is. No. no. My job is very dependent on what's happening around me. Yeah. So, honestly, some days I can do very little and then at like 10 minutes before I'm supposed to go home, there's a huge story breaks, and I end up staying at work till 2 in the morning. That has happened before. But then there's some days where I get in and there's already a big story happening and I'm working hard till like 7, 8 o'clock and then that kind of dies down and I'm sort of just like on crew, like, you know, just sort of it dies down a bit after that. So, you know, my job is just... It's weird. I have a job where it's very much dependent on what is happening, not what I myself am doing. Dale? Uh, the hours between 10 and 3 usually are my, my best hours. I have an hour for the coffee to kick in, and then you've got to have two hours at the end to fart us around and square stuff off. My best time is after lunch. <laughs> we have a daily meeting every day at 11 now. And you have, have mornings always have meetings, and then, you know, Catch them after those meetings, and I'll like, oh, that's all. Right. Now it's about midday. I better start eating. Yeah, yeah gotta okay, go. Yeah, it's time for lunch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's also my best time. Is also got inspiration, and I'm mad at a rugby league team or something, and whatever. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm happy with one. I know, yeah. But you know, it's. I wouldn't say it's like it's like any of my like my team at all. Like, well, I, I mean, I mean in, in fairness, I am unemployed at the moment, so I am a lot like my footy team, and that I'm not turning up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't just turn not turn up for the second half of the day. Just not score a single point the whole second half of the day. Good. What did you do today, Mitch? After midday, nothing. I yeah. sat here. I, 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 I barely even sat. I wouldn't even call it. Didn't sitting. score a data point yeah. all all second half of the day. Uh, Jason Oller says, "What the fuck?" That's the question. He's worried. Yeah, for anyone wondering. Poor Jason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's right. Should dolly me into a podcast to talk about that. Oh, well. Corey Goat says, how did everyone celebrate Isaac's Mozak? Isaac's Mozak, I said. Isaac Moses okay? getting distant. <laughs> I'm like, I can you. What happens? Man some sugar. Which agent will take control of the Broncos slash league next? Well, um, he's not he's not officially gone yet. He's got a p- appeal. But uh, I love that it was like universally celebrated. I, I just love that people have like so much hate for a like an agent. Someone so like I don't feel like it happened maybe like three, three years ago, and obviously people wouldn't even know about who that exactly. Was but like now, ago. now we're all like, oh, he's in control. It happens in every sport though. Like, You're right. Though. People hate Scott Boris in America. They hated like Pia Drabchian and George Mendes in yeah, European yeah. football. Like Mina these... now. Yeah, Mina as well. Yeah, yeah. there are these guys in every sport. So the ones that are vo- very vocal. Yeah, you know, you know, get their name and their team players in the press a lot yep. often about their discontent when they want to move. Uh, yeah, Isaac Moses was a great, it's a great moment of the year because he's obviously owned half my club, but he's got his fingers in like three clubs pretty heavily. So, and we've all said it before, by the way, he was really involved at the Tigers and at the Eels, and both those clubs regretted it. Nick mm-hmm. Politis refuses to deal with him. Like, he's got bad relations at, at, in the game as he is right now. So, yeah. I think everyone would be kind of happy if he moved on. Bar the players that get him, he gets overpaid. Uh, next question Edwin Smith, top three Vossi lines. His. He could juggle uncooked eggs last night. Was that was very good. Um, yeah. My best, my favorite Vossi line is: I think James Roberts was making a break, and he yelled that it would be easier to stop. It would be easier to catch Joseph Coney. That is very good. I always get stuck on rugby league, the video game. Yeah, Dutch astronauts, line. things like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the you could throw this one over. Not even a yeah. great line. Just heard it so many times. Yeah, this is this. I'm a Dutch astronaut. That's yes. the other one. Um, yeah. Good. Good chat. Yeah, it was great from us. Great top three anyway. Yeah. NRL Big says, so can you marry your mum in Queensland? Mitch left this whole internet on one hell of a cliffhanger. Oh, that was because um, I did ask that just because uh, Maureen Doyle, great follow on Twitter. <laughs> Maureen Doyle, <laughs> not officially mum, but looking to make it official. Uh, it's been hammering Seabold, uh, Paul White and Carl Morris for weeks. Loving it. I love a boomer I can agree with. There isn't many of those, so I'll, I'm here for it. Doc underscore Gowland, Ash Taylor or Anthony Milford? Oh. I mean, not a, not a hard choice for me, mate. Yeah. Everyone knows my answer. Uh, ladies who league, there seem to be a lot of terrible teams this year. Why? Is it the new rules? Poor coaching? They were terrible before the new rules. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, it just made them a bit more terrible. Yeah, it it's, made, it's made the disparity much more obvious, which yeah. I think leads us to saying, oh, there are lots of bad teams. Yeah, I, I know that the, oh, this is the weekend's change. Before the weekend kicked off, the top seven teams are undefeated since the, against the bottom nine since the, re, the resumption. Hmm. I mean, it does seem to be a clear top seven this year with, like, South, possibly that eighth team. We don't know. But um, I don't know why there's so many terrible teams, but I think coaching has a lot to do with it. There's so many coaches that have overstayed their welcomes at clubs yeah. down there. Yeah. 
like Greeny, McGregor, and, and those coaches not having an option but to keep them really because yeah. they don't they as I said it's better than double you know. Uh, Gilgamesh or Gillard, when a player lands a solo conversion these days, does anyone else find themselves saying, oh, he's absolutely buried it as it's <laughs> out through the post, or I'm the only one? No. No, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, for, for us, we obviously don't hear it as often as you guys do because we put the sound in, So, but everyone who's listening to this Every podcast, time I listen to the podcast back and we get a news drop, it genuinely finds my day. I'm certain you guys hear, and you also hear Semi's name in that tone anytime yes. you hear it now. Yes. And, uh... I still I do hear hammer move questions in my head sometimes still from the from Darbs. Yeah. But yeah, I hope everyone who listens to this podcast he's he's absolutely buried it. Yeah, or any any <laughs> any chip and chase as well. He's trying to chip and chase. Uh anyway. Josh just come up turn it down over there, Cole Man. always <laughs> up. Josh Robo forty four. Can't remember if it's been asked or talk about before, but on set restarts. Referees have the ability to go back and blow a penalty if a team loses the ball. I thought tackle. about this because it happened on Friday. And I saw like, South got a zero tackle, dropped the ball immediately. Like an advantage. Thing. The other team had the ball. And I was like, that's kind of shit. I would rather we just got a penalty. And then it happened again. Uh, I think it happened to Parramatta again last night. It happened multiple times during the weekend when I've been watching. I think that's a good I honestly think that have I honestly think the zero tackle free play could be a good idea. I don't know how many ruck and pigeons has been so far, but before the weekend kicked off. 39 of the sets. I think it was like 178 and 39 of them ended, ended in errors. So that's teams got a ruck, uh, got a can't reset and then drop the goddamn ball. Not great. And a lot of them are happening on tackle one and two. I mean, people know I'm not really the biggest fan of the rule anyway. I prefer something different and being the referee blow six again and then the team or whatever it indicates, the team then decides. If they want to stop and get a penalty, they get a penalty. But, yeah, it's definitely in, in, increased the number of penalties and infringements called in the game. I don't know why people think just because penalties are called less and means there's less stoppages or infringements or whatever. It's only fun. This rule's only nice to me when a team is like both teams are fresh and like 10 minutes into the game and someone gets them. The rest of the game, most of the time the team receives it doesn't even want the damn again. Yeah. Uh, big data in rugby league says, has BA turned the corner with the Eels and no longer a flash in a pan team? Well, I've been a long-time defender of Brad Arthur, and that hasn't always gone well. But, yeah, they do look to be a far more consistent team right now. Like, even with the loss this week, they, they did it tough. And I do think he's turned a corner there, and what, what they've, done at the club, they've done at the club the last 18 months is working. I know Eels fans are still waiting for that, that big landmark win, like beating a Roosters side to really say that they've arrived. So might come soon. Who knows? Yeah, I hope they put it together. It's just nice having another good team this year just to make things a little bit different. Yeah, Warwick Hearn just asked, why isn't there a deceased date on James Tedesco's Wikipedia page yet? Yeah. Soon. 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 Uh, Boone is 05 says, Tigers felt, feel like they aren't as good as the top eight, but a better side than the bottom seven. What position do you... Oh, God. <laughs> what, position do, what position do they need to go to the next level? Um, There's still some problems with their, their the way their cat's been spent in that club, but they'll fix over the next year or two. Like Chris McQueen still exists there. Yeah, exactly. Chris McQueen's still there. Uh, Josh Reynolds on that money there. But they don't really need him, though. He's starting at six now anyway. Yeah, I, you know, I think over the next year or two, Madge will sort it out. But he's made some good moves this last offseason. I mean, I know everyone knows I'm a Lua guy, both Joe's and Luciano. But, man, Luch is like, taking a, a step in terms of his commitment and his defense there. And I'm loving that he's doing, like, the chains or celebration when they when they score tries. If they the could magically press a button and get an upgrade at one position right now, I think they'd choose 5-8. Yeah, that's it. And uh, and Dewey and, and you you were a believer, uh, Bungard, and and you you rated him as a level of talent he's shown now. But he's already proven to be an astute signing at, at fullback. And I know it was a rumored four five hundred thousand dollars a year, and people thought that was too much. Well, if that's a four fullback for a few years, it's an absolute bargain at that point. Anyway, uh, next question. The underscore sportsman says the unsportsman. Sorry, what am I saying? I'm so good at this today. North Queensland Cowboys thoughts, please. Is Paul Green the problem or the cattle? Well, yeah, I mean, with we, I mean, earlier in the show and yeah, you know, previous, the previous episode, we talked about this at length. I think clearly they're, as I said, clearly I think that their roster is the biggest underachievers in the league at the moment. Yeah, by, by some distance, they can barely win a game when Tamalolo's out too. And I don't, I know it's that's you say it's roster, but I say it's coaching too. Good teams find a way to win without their best players, and the moment they down a player, there's an excuse for every loss. But it's like that's. Can't be the excuse for the last three years. The Roosters won with James Tedesco on the sideline last time. Yeah. Uh, Smithy4701 says, does the Boom Rookies team have a brief assessment on Melbourne's attack looking like the most 
looking the most lost it has since later in Kronk's departure. Well, yeah, I think basically the main issue is that they just, I mean, obviously very few players can replicate the kicking games of Cooper Kronk, but there's no one really that's even, they don't have anyone that can play in that seven at the moment that's even close to that level, even they, remotely close. Honestly, yeah. I was half joking before, but who can't smooth the halfback? Why the fuck not? Let's see what happens, because they've tried a couple of guys there now and it's just not working for them, and they'll probably still not finish in the top four because they're pretty strong across the park and because there's just so many bad teams. But, yeah, I think they've got to, They've really got to address that halfback position, and that's been the biggest problem. Slater, obviously, is an all-time great, but Pappenhausen's doing really well. Munster has, in the past, been really good in that in that position as well and is doing pretty well in the six. So, yeah, the biggest problem is the seven jersey, for sure. Yeah, they haven't got, to me, they haven't got enough other guys who can move the ball effectively, and that's, you know, in Munster's ball, ball playing has improved, but I'm talking about, like, they can't get the ball around the field fast enough anymore than they used to. Cam Smith will put those 30-metre passes from dummy half out in front of someone, and then a potato like Riley Jacks will bottle the next pass. Like, yeah. he can still, Cam Smith will still open the team up with how wide he can pass, but there's other guys in there that the ball playing isn't good enough, and, and Pappenhausen is a really talented fullback, but they also suffer from a bit of the syndrome that they, that, the Tigers just suffered with James Tedesco when he was there. And in the sense, I think often they just throw it at him and hope things happen often there. And seven's the biggest hole. But there's a few around the whole team, I think there's a lack of, of good ball movement at the moment. And that can come from other positions too. But I don't think that their centres are particularly talented either. And I've always thought Bunavalo isn't that great. Adar, missing Car is missing a game-breaker. They're just, you know, they're missing one or two next-level players, which they haven't missed for a long time. But seven, mostly... But they're missing to me one more player in that back line as well. Who's, 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 you know, they lost. I know Chambers went off the cliff over the last year, but before that as well, Chambers is one of that group in that back line that was making a difference in the centres, and he's not there anymore. Anyway, two more questions here. Hunter Austin says, "Who's the biggest scapegoat? Hunt, Milford, or the Storm?" Probably Hunt. Milford's getting up there. Yeah. The Storm do get blamed. Every time they win, it's like, oh, they've ruined the, the game. And the, yeah, the Storm's kind of the flip side. So the Hunt and Milford get blamed for their teams being bad, whereas the Storm get blamed for rugby league in general. Being yeah. Just, um, yeah uh, as far as players go, I think it's just Hunt, followed by probably Milford and George Williams is getting up there as well, and Latrell Mitchell. Yeah. Um, but the Storm stuff is hilarious. Like The referee Smith stuff this week was pathetic. Yeah. Um, Anytime they win, it's not because they're a good team. It's because they somehow bent some rule and whatever. And obviously, they're the masters of the wrestle. No one's going to argue that. But they're not the only team that does yeah. it. In fact, every team does it. Yes. They're just good at it. They're good at everything. And I understand people hate teams that win. And that happens in every sport. Like, um, there, there are teams that... There are teams in various sports that I've watched that have been far more like no one cared. No one had a strong opinion on the Golden State Warriors ten years ago. You know, yeah. now everyone hates them. Why? Because they won, yeah. and they won in like the if inverted commas the best way possible. They won by being entertaining by scoring a shitload of points and having, with the exception of Draymond Green, likable superstars. And people still fucking hate them yeah, because they the won. Thing. <laughs> well, up until that point, but people still hated them yeah. when that was just Steph and Clay yeah. being awesome. So you can't win. Uh, and David Kingston says, should Nathan Brown have been sent to the Symbian for his high tackle on Vic Bradley? Um, well, I just think well, that uh, Roosters should count their lucky start. They even got the bloody penalty because at that point, Cummins was going to give it to the other team. <laughs> Cummins of Symbian Matt Gillette incorrectly yeah. fame. Um, I think they should be they got the right, <laughs> the right decision there. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been different. At least yeah. he didn't give the Eels. I was watching it without sound at the confused because Mitchell Moses had the ball in his hands ready to keep a touch and I was like what is going on and then eventually they changed their mind like a minute later like, yeah and the Eels were angry it was like well it was never your pe- how did you think you would get the pe- sorry get the penalty when you didn't have possession whatever anyway oh there's one question I got sent in yesterday so he's lucky we're reading it but at uh, G Campbell has got 88 says how long you reckon Green will last and when do the Cowboys win next have the hardest draw of any team over the next six rounds uh, I'm going to pull up their draw yeah, so, otherwise, I can't answer that question. I think I don't think Green sees the year out. I don't think it matters what part of the year he's gone in yeah. to me. But over the next six, well, they have they've had the really easy draw, by the way. So so far in the competition, they played the Broncos, oh, who, who aren't the top eight, <laughs> Bulldogs, <laughs> the Titans, Sharks, Warriors, Tigers. They haven't played the oh top my eight God. side yet. This is oh next six games: Newcastle, Parramatta, the Roosters, the Panthers, Manly, Canberra, Storm. Next seven. Yep. Shit. <laughs> That is as bad as it gets. Wait, not Storm. It's Titans after that. No, no, Storm's before Titans. Oh, what's going on here? That's bizarre. Oh, maybe they've moved. One of the games moved. One of them's wrong. Oh, this app has lied to me. Maybe that's yeah. why he said six and not seven. So they must have moved the Titans and Storm goes around yeah. and my app is wrong. But yeah, the next six is against 
yeah. Newcastle, Parramatta, Roosters, Panthers, Manly, Canberra. Good luck. Yeah. So uh, they've had an easy draw so far. They've only played bottom eight teams and they've not not looked good. So I don't know. I don't know if the Cowboys are the kind of club to punt in midseason, but it, it might be. You know, you go through that stretch. I just, and say, as I, I just don't think this year there's a point in firing a guy midseason more than any other year. I don't really ever agree with midseason firings unless there's like such a toxic culture that you have to do it. But yeah. It's I, not, I don't see the point. The firings I agree with is if there's such, you know, if you have to get rid of a coach if it's starting to say that the players are so off the coach, and yeah, okay, they're leaving the club. Yeah, as I said, but like yeah. I don't think I, I don't know whether Paul Green is I don't know him as a person or whether he, how well liked he is at the club, but it doesn't seem like there's sort of like a toxic atmosphere up there. Yeah, it seems like they're just not a very well coached team. Underperforming. Yeah. Well, that's, that's all the questions. You only made forty three reading errors. Yeah, I do. It was like it went from Patreon to to Twitter, and then I just turned. I don't know, dyslexic or something. Yep. I me a toy boy came out, then real toy boy me came out, and I couldn't I'm read. Very proud of you. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> All right, uh, that was it for another question time. Thank you again for dealing with the uh, audio issues we had today, um, and thank you all for your continued support. Um, say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. Say goodbye, Dale. Bye. And it's goodbye from me.